These are extra breaths. Coming to you straight from the lungs of me, William Marler. And I also have here in the studio with me, Sam Lewis. How are you doing, Sam? I'm good, thanks. So we're going to talk about how I came up with the idea of straight from the lungs. And you might recognise Sam's name because I thank him at the end of every episode for his keen ear and ever-helpful advice. Now, Sam, what the hell does that actually mean? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, basically that means that you send me the draft edits of each podcast um, and I basically give them a listen to and I offer feedback and comments which you either accept or ignore. The great thing about Sam is because you, apart from me really, don't have any connection to cystic fibrosis, you're a great way for me to be able to test the episodes on essentially the general public. So there's been a couple of times where you've said, I don't quite understand what that means, whereas I don't really notice that because I know it totally and, you know, you can flag those sort of things. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, before this series, my only experience of CF was working with you, basically. I knew nothing <laughs> so everything I had in this podcast was, the, was I was learning all the time. There were just lots of things I didn't know. That, for example, I didn't know CF people, and this might sound really obvious to you. It's probably an example of what you're talking about. The fact that people with CF can't necessarily meet up and be in the same room, and that actually it's quite controversial, and it's a it's a it's a point of debate in the CF community and yeah. the medical community. I, like, I had dinner with a friend last night and someone that I've known at university quite closely for a while, and I said about cross infection, and just because I've never mentioned it before he had no idea because it's quite a huge you know aspect of cystic fibrosis that we can't meet and why we can't meet and so yeah I think that surprises people a lot but yeah it's great to be able to share the podcast with you also because I started the idea of straight from the lungs back when we were working at Ember Television and so you've been there from pretty much the start when I first had the idea and first sort of said I'm going to do a podcast about cystic fibrosis I mean you listen to podcasts as well so we had that to talk about as well when when I first started working on it. Yeah, absolutely. That was that was years ago, wasn't it? Really, two years ago. Yeah, two years ago. Yeah, but I remember you telling me about it and thinking, "Oh, he's really onto something here." I think there's, you know, there's mileage in this idea. It was actually a little bit frustrating that you sat on it for such a long time because it was kind of like you'd come in each week, and oh, I've just spoken to this person, oh, this person's just sharing the experience, you know, and you've got this incredible collection of people's experiences of CF from all kinds of different perspectives from all over the world, and you come in really excited telling them about them, and then, you know, the inevitable question, but oh, when's the first episode going to come out? <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was actually, just like, oh yeah, I'm working through it, I'm working through it. It was actually you and my dad, essentially, that got my arse into gear because, like you say, I've been working on it for two years and you were like when is this actually going to come out because we were excited about this and I could say lots of excuses about work getting in the way or anything like that but you both motivated me to say I want to listen to this I want to I want to hear this you know you need to complete it and at that point I was like I had a couple of projects on and I decided yeah I'm going to dedicate all of my time to finishing this and making it the best I can. Yeah and it's definitely I can say having heard I think every episode or most of the episodes anyway that it is it's turning out really nicely one thing that we never talked about though is where you actually got the idea from like where did it actually yeah where did you get the original idea for this one well when I was at third year of university I did Pet Mask which is my short film about my cystic fibrosis experience so from that point on I'd started to bring CF it was very much an inspiration to my sort of creative work and it was also around the time when I started working with you at Ember that I started to listen to podcasts properly I knew about them for you know 10 years I used to do a podcast when I was about 12 with a friend and it didn't really go anywhere hello and welcome to the first episode of Ryan and Will's talk time so I knew about podcasts for ages but at that point I started listening to 99% Invisible with the sultry tones of Roman Mars um, brilliant 
podcast about design and architecture. One of the things I loved about his podcast is he'd start a conversation, he'd start a story about something, and then you just heard from someone else that was involved in this story. They just started talking, and then he'd go, oh, by the way, that's so-and-so, and bring them on board. It wasn't like a chat show. We're going to be talking to this person about why they invented this. It was very much a collaborative storytelling method, but it was also very flexible. Like, he could bring people in, or music could be like a radio show, I guess, like a radio documentary like anything else. And I just thought, I'm not aware of anything like this for cystic fibrosis. Turns out there are cystic fibrosis podcasts out there. There's Breathe In and Making It Matter from Gunnar Esaison. Jerry Cahill, he's got his own podcast as well. And there's people that have CF that do podcasts that aren't just about CF, like the Sick Boy podcast is a very popular one, hosted by someone with CF. But with Gunnar and Jerry's cystic fibrosis podcasts, they were very much chat shows. You know, they're sitting down, I'm here with this person, and we're talking about their experiences. Or it'd be a Skype call, talking with someone about a certain topic. There was nothing that was more like a documentary, like 99% Invisible or some of the other podcasts that I've heard. Storytelling, whilst also having people come in and out and having this sort of flexible editing. So I thought, well, I'm a creative. I did animation at university. I understand the process of editing video and audio, and I have a huge passion with that sort of thing. So I could do that. And it was really also my first entry point into the community. I purposely tried to avoid making friends with CF for the longest time because of the fact that I knew that I'd never meet up with them or if I had them on Facebook, I'd be constantly seeing people in predicaments or it would scare me because of needing transplants or whatever. I'd I'd be exposing myself to all this quite scary stuff. But then I started making loads of amazing friends and obviously you heard from me every time that I'd be like, oh, I spoke to this person, I spoke to this person and you were hearing the sort of people that were actually in the CF community sure yeah I mean I think that's one, one of the things that I really enjoyed about it is it's been quite a personal journey for you making this podcast as well as a kind of uh, creative endeavor but obviously you're very much your story is in there as much as anyone else is sort of holding it together was that a conscious decision was there any other kind of way that you kind of looked at or was it always ever going to be you know from from your experience well I think like like anything I'm not going to sit here and say that the final version of the podcast was always how I imagined it to be. It's always a case of starting with an idea and then that idea eventually evolves. And I don't think I worried too much about the strict format of how it exactly would sound. I thought, well, let's just talk to people on Skype. Obviously, because we've said about cross-infection, all of my interviews had to be on Skype. They weren't able to be in person. I'd have these interviews and then I'm sure something would come out of them naturally. There'd be overlaps and themes that I could turn into individual episodes. But especially given the fact that this came off the back of doing Pet Mask, my short film, I always knew that this wasn't going to be the Will Marler show, you know, especially because I wanted to avoid the chat show format. I wanted to be able to have a platform to share these stories, but then I'd take a back seat and I'd contribute, but I'd let them tell their stories. One of the reasons I wanted to do that, and it's shown through the episodes that I have done, is the amount of people that have told me these stories that, A, are stories that I would never be able to... I've never catcalled a guy on a beach before. Veronica. <laughs> yeah, that was one time, you know, um, it was on my gap year. Um, but Veronica has done that. She catcalled a guy on the beach, but also told the story absolutely beautifully. You know, it's such a wonderful story, but also the way that she told it was amazing. And so it sort of made me realise that I've got to take a step back because there's only so much I can contribute to this without letting someone else talk and take the reins. So, like I said, I started talking to people and then I thought, well, that's when the 
format would organically grow after I've spoken to people and I see these topics overlapping and everything like that. It was always going to be casual conversations. That was something that was really important to me. Just sitting down like we are, trying to emulate the idea of someone being in the same room and just having a chat with friends or emulating the situation that can't take place in real life. I referred to them as interviews, but they were more like casual conversations, really. Yeah, I just want to say on that as well, one of your limitations is that you can't have what we're having now, like a face-to-face conversation, which most podcasts are. And certainly, you know, broadcast radio is like really high quality. So having that kind of those Skype conversations, yeah, just it gives it a really good identity as well. It's a very sort of, it's, like, it's obviously a creative decision, which is quite, you kind of forced upon you. Yeah. It makes it really distinct, I think. Yeah, I mean, it would be impossible for me to try and make all the audio completely, totally crisp, high quality. I'm doing this over Skype. Some people are using their phone phones, their laptops, whatever. The quality does vary, but if anything, that sort of points out. I'm doing this over Skype for a very good reason, because we can't meet up with most of the people that I speak to, I can't meet up with them. I don't want to hide the fact that this is a Skype or a phone call, but also going back to the other podcast that I was inspired by, a lot of them also make no bones about the fact that they might be speaking to someone over Skype or over the phone, but that quality and the fact that this is audio as well, the fact it's not a video podcast, but it's an audio podcast, it almost gives it that idea that Everyone that's listening to it is just listening to someone on the phone telling these stories or talking about this topic. It's not this sort of professional, amazing, quality, cold thing. It's got a personality and every conversation sounds slightly different because everyone's audio quality sounds slightly different. And yeah, I think it gives it a lot of character. And you also have that international perspective as well. Obviously, you're speaking to from America, Canada, Japan, I think. As well. Yeah, so I spoke um, in the Transplants episode, I speak to someone that is working in a Japanese creative studio to raise awareness of transplants. And yeah, to really get across that this isn't like some sort of homegrown, I'm only speaking to people on my doorstep sort of thing. There's a lot of cultural differences across the pond. There's a lot of things, uh, different treatments and things that are more favoured in America, different ways of dealing with cross-infection, um, different attitudes and things like that in America compared to here but also different stories I mean there's more likely going to be people that have catcalled people on a beach because there's just you know more beaches in America because it's a different environment it can lend itself to different stories being told but yeah getting across the fact that this is about the CF community overall it's not some sort of like scripted thing Were people generally up for it or was it quite hard to get interviews? Uh, no I think with a lot of things you know it's all about who you know and it's about the word of mouth so my first guest was Charles Michael Duke. He was by no means a friend at the time. He was, if, if anything, I sort of looked up to him as he was like a, a bit of a celebrity because he was doing his Donate Mate campaign. So he was getting a lot of interest on Twitter and he was on the Loose Women TV show and all that sort of thing. And I thought, well, he seems like a really cool guy that is clearly willing to talk about CF because he's talking about it on television. I contacted him and he was very up for it. And especially given the fact that we ended up talking for about two hours, which was great. Oh, wow. He passed me on to other people people who then passed me on to other people and one of my earliest friends Morgan I found him through a poem that he did that got featured online and I added him as a friend and I spoke to him and then because he's got quite a lot of friends in the CF community he was able to put a call out and that led to about you know six other people I've always said also when I've 
trying to organise these conversations, there's never any pressure to talk about anything, you know. I will start a conversation or I'll talk about a certain topic, but if you want to stop at any point, it's totally up to you. The conversation was always in their hands because people are only going to open up and really be honest about things. And especially given the fact that CF can be, for a lot of people, a very private, personal thing, especially if it involves topics like losing a loved one or something like that. I've always said to them, look, it's in your hands. You don't have to talk about anything that you don't want to. Fortunately, actually, there's never been a situation where someone said, no, I'm not comfortable with that. And that's been really a gift, I think. Yeah, it's amazing. Particularly, I think in the the later episodes, you get some incredibly candid interviews. Yeah, so Becky, for example, who lost her daughter Elle, for me even, that was a difficult interview to have because it was full of so much emotion. It was very upsetting for both of us. She was saying at the end of it how she sort of had to hold back the tears and everything. And I spoke to her originally. This was when Elle was still alive and before she had her transplant. And that was all totally fine, like any other interview, really. Then Elle passed away and I was so confused as to, you know, what's the etiquette? What do I do in this situation? Do I not speak about Elle for the podcast? podcast for the sake of you know not wanting to upset Becky and her family and give them privacy at this point or do I speak to her again and if I speak to her again when's the right amount of time to wait before I talk to her again I gave it about four or five months and then I was like I don't want to just cut this wonderful girl and her story and her experiences out of the podcast just for my trying to save face so I thought well I'll tell you what I'm just going to message her I'll be polite about it and she was nothing but helpful and yeah she was absolutely wonderful to be able to arrange such a difficult interview and she gave me two hours again as much as it was bittersweet it was a nice way to be able to properly sit down and have someone open up it, it really it means a lot when that sort of thing happens yeah absolutely i guess whenever you make a whether it's a podcast or a video blog or a tv program or whatever and you're doing it about a medical issue obviously there's always going to be ethical questions like the one that you just dealt with i mean did you have many of those through the production not really because again because these weren't necessarily strict interviews as much as they were like personal things people have spoken about things like their use of marijuana like medical marijuana and how that's helped them and I'm always a bit unsure as to you know I want to include this sort of thing because it's helped them but you've got to make it really obvious that this is still illegal in a lot of places in the, a lot of states in the US and in the UK still people's attitudes to cross infection as well can be very controversial because there's some people that have close friends with cystic fibrosis despite the medical advice against that and they you know want to make it clear that don't follow them this is their personal own choice and how do you frame that in a way that doesn't seem like it's irresponsible you're not trying to get this bad negative advice but also you don't want to censor people because this is their stories but fortunately i've not had many big questions like that and any sort of points where it's been really difficult to get through well i remember we yeah we had quite long conversations about the um you explained to me about the cross well, i didn't know about cross infection anyway and then when you told me about the whole debate i do remember thinking God, how's he gonna <laughs> how's he gonna cover this in a kind of way that isn't gonna alienate people because i think one of the really nice things about the podcast i think is it's very it feels very inclusive as far as it is possible um at this stage yeah very inclusive of people's experiences and, and perspectives because it's such a cross-section as well you know you do work university school romance losing a loved one transplants you know you, you tack a real breadth of topics yeah and you're very inclusive of getting all the kind of perspectives yeah so i think um i do remember chatting about a couple of these kind of ethical that you had. I think the 
the different perspectives is such a huge thing that I always want to make sure is included because with cystic fibrosis and one of the key themes that I want to get across with this podcast is cystic fibrosis is so individualised and I said this when I released my film Pet Mask that was not a film about cystic fibrosis specifically it was a film about my experience with cystic fibrosis because A not everyone uses something like the Pet Mask they might not have any experience of it at all but also it was very much about my personal journey with my family and everything like that similarly I can say things about CF about certain treatments and when it gets to the treatment episode and we touch upon this in the first episode so I make people aware that this is what my treatment routine involves but so many people have different ways of dealing with their treatments they have different physiotherapy options or they have different attitudes towards whether to do that last nebulizer at night or maybe they think that sleep is actually more important to them different things like that it'd be stupid for me to speak on behalf of the whole community because like I say it's so individualized that you do need to have that diversity for it to be of any worth in my opinion yeah and the podcast is definitely very personalized with the uh the stand-up comedy yeah that's another thing is trying to get that involved and i start it all by introducing me like i said i don't want this to be the will marler show but it's very much i'm the way that i deliver these stories and i think almost i've I've been potentially too sensitive over trying to not include me too much because you've said yeah that's great and everything but this is about cf and you have cf and you have experiences just like anyone else but yeah the stand-up comedies stand-up comedy in the episodes is actually a really nice way i think of breaking the stories up and it's just a bit of fun it's just another thing to be like look this is something that i do about cf but it's some it's a hobby that i have that i just do for the fun of it and like i said podcasting is such a flexible medium that you can go between a story about someone getting a transplant and then go to a comedy gig in which the comedian does a joke about a transplant and or organs in general and yeah i think it adds another layer to what you can get from it i say that i hope people enjoy it and people aren't just going oh god he's got this comedy bit again skip you know <laughs> what are you hoping comes out of people listening from this podcast i think and this goes back to another thing that i was very much inspired by with the podcast is currently if you google cystic fibrosis and that's very much something that although you're advised against if you're a new parent who's just had their child diagnosed that might be the first thing that you want to do you want to find out as much information as possible about this new thing that you've just found out about if you google cystic fibrosis you're going to get one of two things you're either going to get brave 11 year old loses life due to battle of cystic fibrosis of this you know deadly disease or something like that and the other thing that you might get is 36 year olds climbs mount everest despite illness or anything like that there's no sort of everyday hang on a minute as much as it's amazing that nick was able to climb mount everest or anything like that there's nothing about the sort of everyday aspects of cystic fibrosis or this there certainly isn't readily available it's not the first thing you see it's the two extremes two sides of the extremes so i wanted to do something that highlighted the everyday stories and people's sort of everyday successes and if that means being able to hold down a job no matter sort of whether it's an incredible amazing your dream job or whether it's just a job whether it's able to find love or this person got themselves off the transplant list by you know doing lots of treatment and making sure that they exercised really rigorously and everything like that or if it's these incredible stories like nick talbot climbing everest or the difficult stories like l passing away 
I wanted to make sure that real stories from real people, that's the tagline, and that's so important to me as part of the sort of what I want to get out of the podcast is trying to bring more awareness to CF in general. I guess there's, there's two things in the sense that what I want from the community, I want people to hear these amazing stories of people that they might have heard of or might not be aware of at all or might not even know that, yes, you can have a successful marriage or school life or university life with CF, but also bringing it into the mainstream, teaching people about CF in a way that's not the sensationalized stories or the one of two extremes it's about this is what it means every day this is what some people are able to do this is what some people unfortunately face and suffer from with cf yeah i guess really teaching people about it in the mainstream i mean that's quite a outward looking objective if you like it's not really looking at the cf community it's looking for ignorant people like me basically <laughs> um but do you think there's also things in the podcast that people in the cf community can also learn and get out of it too definitely because especially given the fact that i've got my own experiences of having my own individualized cf experience with people in the community like i said because it's so individualized there's so many things that a lot of people in the community have no experience about whether it's something that they're worried about they've heard about them the fact they might have a transplant is that really scary or just the ability to listen to three stories or four stories from people that have had transplants or if you know they've got actually no connection to it at all they are just curious to hear about more people in the community because it's a very small community as well and if you don't actively seek these sort of things you might not you know you don't see them in the mainstream there's there's not as much representation well there's no representation really apart from people representing themselves yeah just i guess teaching people in the cf community as well giving them advice so especially like parents that want to know about their children going to school or people with cf wanting to learn about people going to university can i have a normal university life yes you can because beth goes out drinking just like everyone else or will did a got a first class degree in film and animation or whatever right. it is <laughs> <laughs> hashtag hungry yeah but yeah just wanting to like i said the real stories from real people and whoever can benefit from that whether it's within the cf community or outside of the cf community what's next for the podcast so the first episode is now online and by the time that you you're hearing this it might be all of the episodes are online so they'll be coming out every week that's going to be an interesting time because I'm wanting to take a step back from production because hopefully it will all be ready to go and I can just be a spectator and see what people think of this. Because I've been working on it for two years, I've had two years of me listening to it and then by extension you and other people listen to it for feedback. But I just want to know what people think of it generally. The amount of people that have been excited about it, people that have spoken to for the podcast or other people that I've said, oh, I'm working on a podcast and I've described it and they thought it was really great. Wanting to know what they actually get from it and see has it has it been a success have it you know have it done a good job but in terms of the future of the podcast i never wanted this to be like a podcast that is ongoing that you'd find me in two years time and i'm on episode 160 or something i always wanted it to have an end because i think the more that it went on i'd, I'd be milking topics or i'd be rehashing a lot of things but it also gives me the opportunity after these first 14 episodes and of course there's also the extra breaths and lots of other content on the website that I'm working on once they're online and out there maybe in the future in a couple of years time when there's been more to talk about or there's more people to talk with I can do a series two or a, a couple of extra episodes we both are fans of Ricky Gervais and he makes a big point about the fact that with The Office and extras his sitcoms he always wanted there to be a cutoff point you round it off with the Christmas specials and certainly some other sitcoms like The Big Bang Theory I mean that's just ending now but other Goodness. things like Big Bang and Friends and all these sort of things it's just going on 
for series after series after series whereas with this I felt like if it were this self-contained thing I'd value the quality over it over the quantity and it also gives me the opportunity to extend it in the future if, if that you know is something that I wanted to do yeah fair enough I think that's a sensible way of doing it how many times have we watched something that we feel like should have finished ages ago ends up yeah ruining it for us and ruining the original uh, impact obviously i think you, you I mean, you've kind of touched upon it there it's not just you who's kind of produced these podcasts and the content as, as a whole kind of online experience that kind of goes with it yeah so i speak to the people uh, the guests of the podcast I, I always say that they're as much involved in this as me like i say i take a step back and let them tell their stories and it's been a huge gift to have these people's stories being told in such a beautiful way so you know they're as much involved in it as I am but we've also got an online side of things where you listen to the episode but that's only scratching the surface hopefully of what people can actually get from this this right now is part of extra breaths where I always wanted to keep the episodes fairly mid-range in terms of duration you know I don't want them to be too short but I didn't want them to go on for hours so I thought the 30 minute mark was fairly good as much as that has worked there's still so much of someone's conversation that this is you know people need to hear this people will benefit from this but it might not actually fit the whole 30 minute episode so extra breath is a way of being able to have just extended bonus content but also i can sit down and i can have a relaxed chat about the behind the scenes of the podcast and there's also every episode has an illustration from vicky my fiance such a talented illustrator i'm very proud of what she's been able to do so far and really excited to see those on the website i think that's going to really take it much further having this sort of visual representation of each episode yeah they're excellent and in the future i won't say too much but I'm working with a couple of people and we're going to hopefully do some short films as well. There's also the beautiful music from Ben, which, I mean, I'm sure you can vouch for this, that it just takes the whole thing to a whole new level. These stories, you add a tiny bit of music, but it's incredibly crafted music and unique music as well. I've not just found some stock music that everyone else's podcasts use. It's specifically the Straight From The Lungs soundtrack. It will be Straight From The Lungs and it won't ever be anything else. It's just this podcast. It's very I'm very lucky to have such a great soundtrack for that because it really does take it to another level. And what's the name of the composer? That's Ben Weatherall. Ben Weatherall, yeah, yeah. So he studied also at Birmingham City University. I met him on a project that I did in second year here at BCU. And it's one of those collaborations that I've always sort of seen people develop collaborations, you know, creative people. But this director always works with this composer. When I was younger, I sort of thought that was that would be great, that idea. And meeting Ben, this is about the fourth project that we've worked on now. And if I need music, he's always the person that I go to. And I'm so happy with what he's done with the podcast music as well. It's beautiful. I, li- I just listen to it just every now and then. Even when I'm not editing the podcast, I just put it on because it gets me excited about the podcast. And like I say, it's just beautiful music, you know, podcast or not. Yeah, well, I think, uh, you know, one of the great things across the whole series is that you, it's got a real breadth of emotion. So, you know, it's got the kind of funnier, lighter moments with the, the, the stand-up and the catcalling stories and things like that through to the, my personal favourites always the kind of like the creative stories. So um, in one of the episodes, I think you talk to an author who's written a children's book. Yeah, Beth. About, yeah, yeah, that's fascinating. And then you have got the kind of more, yeah, the kind of sadder sides, I guess. But the music throughout, yeah, sort of conveys all those emotions. I think that's one of the strengths of the series. And I think there's a lot of when when anyone's editing anything, you know, when they're people are doing documentaries and things, often there will be maybe a genre of documentary or, or a topic that they work with a lot. 
And the thing with this podcast is that I've edited stories that have been uplifting and wonderful and also edited stories about people saying that L will always be in my imagination till I, you know, join her and these sort of incredible but also really upsetting moments. I do feel quite overwhelmed sometimes about the fact that I'm dealing with all these stories and trying to make sure that I deal with them right and I do justice to them. And something like the music can really set the tone in a wonderful way that I wouldn't be able to do without that. What have been the biggest challenges you've faced doing this? I think one of the biggest challenges was when I had the gap of I've spoken to people and then for whatever reason it fizzled out and I wasn't working on it for a while. I came back to it and didn't commit to it and then after speaking with you and my dad really got back into it. There were points where I was just confused about what it was going to be like because I'd developed this bank of in this library of interviews. It was a very overwhelming task to try and sort them out and turn them into episodes and edit them because I knew that I wanted to do about all these different topics and spoken to at this point about 35 people. Having that in my hard drive with no sort of connection between them or no nothing edited at that point. It was quite overwhelming to think, no, I'm actually going to do this and I'm going to see it till the end. But fortunately, there's not been... I mean, there's been a couple of times where, and you've helped me through this, there's been a couple of times where, especially with like the cross-infection episode, I sort of think, how on earth am I going to... I don't want to censor Morgan, or, uh, but I want to make sure that I'm being responsible with the way that I talk about cross-infection or anything like that. And I think when I have anything that reminds me of the scale of the project that I've taken on myself, that has been sometimes quite overwhelming. But there's been nothing, fortunately, that's been really problematic. So it's mainly motivation. Yeah, and I think any any creative gets that, especially when you you start a project. You have these at the start of the project. You're probably the most productive because you're buzzing for it. Exactly, you've got all these ideas, and you need people to come in and stop you from getting too far with it. Are there any episodes that you're particularly proud of? Well, the first episode that I edited together and worked on was episode eight, Love, about Veronica, Cat calling Kenny on a beach, and Katie talking about her sweet boyfriend Michael, and Brittany and Andy talking about having children with CF. To me, that was an amazing moment to actually see this. Again, it's that first time that this idea has actually sounded like a thing, like an actual physical, okay, it sounds like a podcast. This sounds proper. It might not be have been completely finished, but it certainly was the first glimpse into what this is going to be like. But I think my favourite episode overall is probably still episode one, because... Although at first I was so unsure as to exactly how that had sound, I always left it to be, well, I'll do the other episodes, and then episode one's going to be an overview of CF, so I'll have a better idea. Suddenly, after being told that, yeah, okay, you can launch the podcast at the CF conference, I was like, this is wonderful and everything, but now I've got a deadline, you know, I've got to really work on it. So I worked on episode one, but that was the one that was probably one of the easiest because it came out naturally because I realised that, well, what if I do an overview of the whole podcast? Because that can be an overview of cystic fibrosis. You can hear from Kirsty about her son and daughter being diagnosed with it. I can talk about my own experience with treating it. You can hear from Nick going up Everest that that was a way of him being able to treat cystic fibrosis. You can hear from Katie with her job, Veronica and Kenny with falling in love and getting married, Jerry having a transplant and Becky talking about losing L. I think it's the perfect representation of the podcast but also I'd like to think of it as a really strong representation of cystic fibrosis as a whole. There's a lot of ups and downs in that episode and there's a lot of challenges and there's a lot of wonderful moments there's a lot of people actually is quite a big thing because that episode probably has the most amount of guests in it 
trying to get across that whole idea of this is not the Will Marler show. But when I say something about my treatment routine, you then hear a, an audio collage of about eight different people saying how they treat cystic fibrosis or what cystic fibrosis means to them at the end. And it's also the episode where the intro, when you hear people say different quotes from the episode, that's the, the only episode that the intro is heard in full. I mean, you hear it on the trailer, but then from episode two onwards, it's going to be just a shortened version. Yeah, I think episode one's definitely my favourite, but there's always going to be a special place in my heart for episode eight because it was actually like the first time that I thought, this actually sounds like something proper now. Worth sticking with the whole series though, not just episode one. Oh, definitely, yeah. Episode one's just a glimpse into what the other episodes are going to be like. There's so much more from, like I said, lots of different people that I'm only scratching the surface with episode one. And the other great thing is the longevity of... They go online, but people will hopefully be able to discover it for years to come. And one of the things that I was very conscious about is wanting to... I don't want to date these. I don't want to necessarily talk about the new treatments that were just coming out or saying we need to action to get this treatment available in the UK because in two years' time it may well be available. I want it to have a life for hopefully many years to come and hopefully it's just as relevant now as it is in 10 years' time or so. I do like that idea that it's going to become a almost like a social record if you like almost like a snapshot in time yeah of what living with cf was was like i remember um talking of podcasts uh, radio diaries and they did an episode on was that an episode or a series on the interviews of studs turkle have you heard of studs turkle i haven't no i'd recommend it basically he went around america i can't remember when it was but he basically went around with a recorder and did interviews with like switchboard operators, mechanics, waitresses, waiters, just like a whole cross section of society and basically just asked them a really broad set of questions, which seemed very kind of dull and meaningful at the time. But now you listen to them and it's absolutely, it's incredible um, yeah. just because it's a really good record of, of what it was like at that time. And it humanizes people as well, every level of society. Um, obviously, this isn't. This podcast isn't doing that, but it's like, yeah, it's that still that kind of social record. Uh, yeah, and maybe in the future, there's a point. Well, that hopefully there will be a point in the future where CF is cured and people don't either don't have it or certainly don't aren't affected in the same sort of ways. People can listen back and sort of think, well, you know, how far we have come. This is what CF used to be like. This is what how it affected people. Or maybe in the future, it will just be as motivational, and people will still be struggling with it. But there's someone from 2000. 18 that they can hear going to university as well and what they had in mind when they were doing that and yeah i think it is becoming well certainly from listening to it i have noticed whenever cf is mentioned in the news now so for example the transplant episode i had no idea that they did entire lungs look like lung transplants which is like incredible yeah like uh, having listened to that episode i've become far more aware i'm picking up far more on on mentions of that kind of thing and particularly in relation to cystic fibrosis but then not only that you'll be able to listen to it in sort of 10 15 years time and you'll be able to look back and be like oh that was the state of transplants like the fact that now people are still a little bit squeamish about it and they're still trying to raise awareness like your friends in japan who are you know trying to raise awareness and get more people to join the organ donor register um, the fact that it's still a little bit I still think the public sort of still shines away from it. It's a huge a taboo bit. about it still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it'll be really funny to listen to that. Not funny, but it'll be, yeah, interesting to listen to that episode in like 10, 15 years' time when hopefully people are more aware of it and there'll be more yeah. people putting their organs up for donation. Yeah. It seems, it's always struck me that whilst you've been doing this, and from the outset as well, knowing you and the type of person that you are, you did want full editorial control over this and that was something that was really important to you. 
Yeah, I've always, I mean, part of that is potentially because I'm very controlling, maybe, with my own stuff. But I, I do I do think that I didn't want different people or, or people interfering. It needed to be something that came out of, from me. But also, actually, as much as I do, I've tried to withhold all sort of editorial control. I don't think that's actually happened because, really, when I speak to someone and they tell me their story, it can turn the podcast in a totally different direction. It can make me think, hang on a minute, what if it was like this? As soon as someone suggests something or mentions something that I didn't even think about discussing, I mean, just the fact that when Becky was open about Elle, it then made me realise I need to tell this story. I can't just censor it just for me because I think it's going to be awkward to speak to someone about it. As much as I wanted to always have a control of the editorial aspect of the podcast, I tried as much as I could to remain open to actually being told differently to being taught new things or, or shown new ways of being able to edit it or tell stories or new stories that I could speak about or I mean that's that goes back to the whole thing of taking a step back and letting people collaborate on this and contribute to it just as much as I am I'm only the way that people's stories are being told yeah that definitely comes across so more than anyone else really you've been involved from day one as we've been saying and you've still involved to this day and will continue to hopefully be involved mm -hmm. what do you think of the podcast what you've heard of it so far you talked about earlier about this becoming almost like a resource for people who don't know much about cf or know nothing and it seems like this big scary thing or you know just just like general members of the public like me who know people with, with cf i think that it's just really not only is it really interesting and generally very educational it's also really entertaining and moving and uh, very poignant and it's just a very i think the one thing i've really liked about it and everything i've heard throughout the whole approach it's just very human you know you take a real genuine interest in other people's lives and experiences and you put that front and center not only does it make it yeah a far more interesting podcast series but it also makes it way more powerful i think and memorable and i've really really enjoyed and been quite privileged to be able to hear it and yeah have feedback on it i think it's great mate i think people are in for a treat listening to it if it achieves the aims that you're hoping that the incredibly ambitious <laughs> aims uh you don't do things by halves but yeah if, if it does achieve those ambitious aims then yeah good on you mate thanks it's been great speaking to you yeah, it's been great having you in the studio yeah good this time we're not being distracted by ice cream vans and yeah, those noisy ice cream vans <laughs> yeah irritating tunes yeah. yeah well thank you very much for coming along oh, cheers well thanks for having me Cystic Fibrosis is episode one of Straight From The Lungs, which you can listen to at our website, lungspodcast.co.uk.